All right, so at the very start of episode two, we learned that Allison goes right home and tells her dad what happened. Yeah. She so we are not left to wonder, It does dad know? Does, it, does dad tricked into well, thinking, like, she walks into the she door walks saying, in the door, God. And he says, Allison? Yeah. Whatever. And it's like, that's great because nobody fucking has. And we're finally like, finally God. somebody it, knows this twin at who At least are. her father at could least. ID her at from not, across the room. Maybe not the kids that knew her since they were in kindergarten, no. but at least her father. And she breaks down in his arms. And then because we're time cutting, I love the insane fucking time cutting oh, me this episode. Too. We, it comes around to where we see them like both crying at the kitchen counter together. She has clearly explained. She's come clean. She's explained everything that has happened. I gotta make this right. And I, I know I can't. But um, I'm gonna go to the station right now. Turn myself in. I know I go to jail, but it's okay. I deserve it. And that is when he grabs her by the arm and is like, I've lost one daughter tonight. I can't lose you too. Yeah. And so they become co-conspirators. And he is the one who tells her, you've got to commit to this. Mm -hmm. You're Lennon now. Like your friends think you're Lennon. They think that's Allison. That's how this has got to be. You can't respond to your name, Allison, if you hear it. You are Lennon forevermore. And so that is how we see the foundation of the lie being laid. And Sam, you want to kick it off this time with a little background on the source material of I Know What You Did Last Summer. I do. I am a big Lois Duncan fan. Lois Duncan, who wrote the uh, original book I Know What You Did Last Summer. She wrote Killing Mr. Griffin. Uh, She wrote a bunch of stuff uh, that ended up becoming films. Like Summer of Fear, that weird Wes Craven TV movie. That's Lois Duncan. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, Lois Duncan hated slasher films. Like, she notoriously oh. hated them. And okay. in fact, loathed what became of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, a part of it was, you know, she she kind of, inv- she helped invent slasher films. I will say this. Her books in the 1970s, were they all centered around groups of teens, um, mm-hmm. like a handful of friends, usually with like, there's like a secret or there's somebody after them or something like that. And while... While nobody could actually like die, usually, okay, um, they were the threat was there, and they played out like slashers, and they always had kind of a whodunit element. Now, obviously, uh, you see that in Kevin Williamson writing. I know what he did last summer. The, totally. the screenplay, and you can also see it. Honestly, the influence of that in his work in other films. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. what I was wondering when I got into this show was, okay, are we going to see the slicker? And so right. I immediately had to look up: is this show based on the book or is it based on the movie? If it's based on the oh, good question. If it's based on the book, we're not going to see the slicker. If it's based on the movie, we will. And I looked, and it's based on the book by Lois Duncan. Okay. So interestingly, the book is not a slasher. The book is like a it's it's a fun mystery. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of drama and a lot of grief. And 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 the the original movie kind of closely follows that, except that people start getting picked off one by one. Where right, in yeah. in the book, they actually run over a kid who's bicycling. And, oh. and Ray calls an ambulance to save the kid's life, but it doesn't work. And he does it oh. anonymously. And so a year later, they're kind of all, they drifted apart. And when they come back. Here's what I can tell you. Dylan, he's no Ray. He's no Ray. He's no Ray. I and think so they want him to be, and he's not. The whole the whole conceit of the book, which is actually pretty cool and special, is that um, the, the, the Julie's new boyfriend, Bud, is actually the older brother of the dead kid. And he's like oh. infiltrated her life, but posed as different people to other people. Like he oh. comes after them as this guy, Kali. Anyways, so it's it's an interesting kind of like, he really does try and ruin them. Um, and so that's the original. But yeah. of course, nobody actually dies. I mean, 
Barry gets shot like he should, but he's fine. <laughs> like he should. You know? Yeah. Now, one thing I want to add that's interesting about Lois Duncan, in, in the final scene of I Know He Did Last Summer, the book, um, mm-hmm. the mother has a psychic premonition and asks Julie not to go on a date with Bud. Now, oh. here's where I want to connect it with real life. Lois Duncan. So my favorite Lois Duncan book is Don't Look Behind You. And what's interesting about that book is it weirdly pre kind of like uh predicted the murder of her daughter the oh. real life murder of her daughter caitlin so she went on to write a book Jesus. called who killed my daughter in 1992 and and it was about the weird i mean it was about a lot of like it, it's basically true crime and it's her trying to put things together because they don't know who killed her my um God. and weirdly a lot of the tips and things that they discovered match the killer in don't look behind you and a couple of other places in her book so she had this premonition basically and wrote it out into a novel. And so it's really, so she stopped writing horror in 1997. She wrote one more after Who Killed My Daughter. She wrote uh, uh, one book and then that was it. And then she was like, I'm doing children's books from here on out. Yeah, that makes sense. she passed away in in 2016. But interestingly, just in 2021, a killer finally confessed to the murder. So throwing all that out there, if you, yeah. Um, And also in sixth grade, I interviewed her via email. For a book project. <laughs> well, that is extremely wholesome. And that she uh, even gave me ten questions. I can't. I can't believe it. Lois Duncan, love you. Hope you're having right, fun yeah. out there on the other side. Yeah, you really came through with generosity of spirit and uh, provided us some wonderful source texts. Yep. Uh, for for the millennium era horror consumer. It's and I, you know, what what we what we what we like about show so far what we said in the one ambient queerness like queerness yes. is in the air we have johnny who's gay and then we have like these girls who all seem fluid at least like maybe not allison necessarily but lennon and riley and Margot, and we like that we 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 i don't love the like heavy-handedness of the teen language but that's okay the show's gonna be over the top so i embrace it yeah that we're gonna leave that behind in episode one and it's gonna like you said before get much more grounded and then at the start of this episode we continue with those flashbacks which i hope we get those i hope we get those I want this entire. i hope this entire season we just like how long was this party how long did this night last how much fucking shit happened at this party with the amount of flashbacks if there got? is time travel introduced in the series i'll buy it i'll buy it yeah i'll buy it give me and give me as I, many flashbacks as you guys need I, I as many as you want. I'm 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 excited for them all. I want to be spoon fed little tiny bits of information by you at a time by what for what happened at this one fucking party that changed everyone's lives forever. And what I really like about the setup with the with uh, Allison slash fake London telling her dad what happened is that the emotional development that we get to see the relationship that we get to see between um, Allison and her dad develop over the course of this episode. We learned that, like, dad had no idea who Lennon really was. He had no idea that she was self-harming. He probably had no idea she was a drug addict. We learn, like, the true sort of underlying emotional complexion of Allison's struggle with her father kind of checking out on her, and both of them, really, after the death of her mother. We get those scenes between father and daughter, I think, are my favorite part of that episode and I think they work really really well because they're devastating they're sad they're jarring they're they 
are a great way of showing us so much about all of the backstory of these characters that we're not going to see, probably. And I, I thought that was extremely effective for a show that is so polarizing. I was like, but this is doing a lot of stuff really well, though. I, I agree. And two things that we learned from the opening exchange with the dad. I mean, one is that uh, Lennon was the one that went to live with her dad, where Allison or uh, Lennon was dad's favorite and yeah. Allison was mom's favorite. And so, yeah. you know, having Allison show up to, her, to tell her dad that Lennon's dead when Lennon was the favorite and she's the one that's yeah. left, it's kind of like, oh, shit. And so then Allison's like, because she's like the sad, but like almost good, but not good twin that we've established. She's like, right, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the police. She's yeah. she's real she's real convincing, but does the teen turnaround where it's like doesn't yeah. quite leave? So it's like she, <laughs> yeah. you know, she wants him to stop her. Come she's on. hoping he stops her. I'm going to the police, Dad. And so Dad grabs her wrist and it's like, no. I lost one daughter tonight. I can't lose you too. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, cool. So he'll take what's left. It's the twin he didn't yeah. want, but he he'll take it. And then we and get what could take, be like a very it. cute montage set to Material Girl or something, like where it's like she like learns how to be Lennon. I mean, it's not what we get in the show, but it's how I imagine no. it. It's it's not yeah, at all. No, it. yeah, we get a we we get her like uh, finding Lennon's razor blades and uh, making matching scar like matching cuts on her inner thigh to what her sister had made to scar while her. making so, eye contact with her dad who didn't know oh that, that was it I was like wow God. this girl she is a lot she's like hey by the way dad you didn't know this did you and it's yeah. just like yeah. while she bleeds out in front of him uh, it, it is it is it, I was really like to me that's the most intense moment of the show so far she's like like dad's like yelling stuff at her from across the house and she she's like yeah it's ironic that you always want to be more like Lennon and he's like, oh, well, well why is that? And she's like pouring shit out on a kitchen, on a, on a sink in the bathroom, finds a little container with razor blades in it, takes it out, like fully drops her pants in front of her dad. She's standing there with like her, her tank top and underwear on. And she just like holds her thigh just so. And she's like, you didn't know her at all. And like you said, looking him in the eye is just dragging that razor across her skin. And his face of like... Oh my God. Like yes. his face in that moment, becoming aware of one tiny detail, illuminating him to how much he has never known about his children is incredibly effective. Yeah. And on that note, by the end of the episode, we get dad being like, okay, we have to write a letter to let people know yeah. that Allison or the that Lemon's away. gone. But yeah. Yeah. So she writes the runaway letter and she like reads the, the draft back to dad and he's like, no, that's not enough. You've really, yeah. this is what you're going to say. And he dictates in what I think is one of the best written scenes in a teen like drama show ever. I was so, I, I was like, I am, I, that, that scene demonstrated to me because Allison writes a sort of throwaway letter that's just sort of canned speech. And he's like, you need people to believe you ran away and that you don't want to be found. So you need to make this fucking convincing. And she's like, fine, what do you want me to say? And he proceeds to line out his failures as a father, a man, and give her voice to her inner monologue expressing how disappointed, let down, and heartbroken she has been by her father her entire life since their mother died. Dear dad, fuck you. Write it down. 
What kind of a parent only loves one of his daughters and doesn't even pretend to love the other one? And it also demonstrates a level of self-awareness from the dad that I didn't expect. I was like, wow, yeah. so he knows how he failed them. Yes. And, and also to, to, to point to the dad's not just insight, but his perception of others, when she does say she's going to go to the police, he's like, well, do you think that Lemon's friends would protect you if they knew the truth? Yeah. And that is really telling about the friends and the dad's awareness of those relationships and dynamics. So this is a really complex situation that like, okay, as long as you buy into the initial conceit, yeah. now we're here. Now we've arrived at a point where it's like, all right, yeah, I could see where these cards are getting dealt. And, and there's a, like, there are just so many, and we've talked about this, but there are so many little things just in that scene that are done so well, I think, through the writing and through the performances themselves, particularly where, like, you know, he says something about... You couldn't stand that I never let you forget about Mom. Remember Mom? That woman you drove to suicide? And Allison says, I would never say that. And he just looks at her and, and like basically is like, well, write it anyway. Because she doesn't say she she doesn't say it's not true. Yes. She, she just, just says, says, I wouldn't say that. Yep. Because it's in her and it's horrible. And she wouldn't say it out loud, but she knows it's true. And the amount of emotional fucking serve and volley that is happening between those two actors in that scene is super impressive. And I think is is I'm like, wow, this this writer's room can show out when they want to and really give me like a devastatingly emotionally effective scene. What's super fun is all of this real drama and heavy hitting emotion is yeah. balanced out with the scene where we get to see the kids again and Johnny introduces his boyfriend, his football coach. His football coach from just from, the year before. He is, he's 19 and he is engaged to his hot yeah. ass football coach. Yep. Yep. And like, and by the way, all of the women, specifically uh, Margot, who by the way now has a very cute short haircut, like a pixie, total pixie cut, yeah, just like very hot. That's the influencer friend. She's just making comment after comment. She's objectifying them. She wants to see it. We're engaged. Oh my god, a wedding! I am so wet right now. She, yeah, she, she wants. She brings to it up later, it. and I <laughs> love that because actually. And this is an interesting statistic to me, but Pornhub did a did a did research on who's watching what, and women, what more women watch gay porn than gay men, um, statistically speaking through their website. And so what we have is a culture where a lot of women enjoy sex between queer men, but don't talk about it. It's not a part I, of our. I, I mean, like straight porn, I find like almost almost upsetting. Whereas gay porn, I'm like, oh yeah, that's great stuff. I, like, I, I find straight porn to be like, hmm, this is jarring. I don't really want to. But, like, gay porn, like, men or women, solid. So this, to me. I don't me, watch much porn, but if I'm going to, it's probably not ever going to be straight porn. There you go. This, to me, reads as so very authentic. So I totally authentic. believe that statistic. I'm like, wow, this is, this is an authentic reflection of the times that we're living, but done in a way that I haven't seen that anywhere else. I love it. And it we, we get, we, you know, we learn that in this, like, um... Allison as Lennon, now Lennon, has gone off to U Michigan. She's like Dean's list. She's crushing it. I wonder, I've been wondering, like, I wonder if when she's like at school, she goes by Allison or if she goes by Lennon. Cause like she's at she's in Michigan. She's yeah. By Allison. But you know, she's and, got a Facebook or something. She's got a <laughs> I don't know. She could be very anti-social. That's media. true. That's true. Allison could be very I don't even have an Instagram. And it is hilarious to me that like when she comes back, like the thing her dad 
kind of gets on her for it, like that she's kind of betraying the betraying the lie. He's like, smoking was your sister's thing. Oh he sees her God. smoking, and it's like everybody. The smoking is set up in this show to be such a tell that, like, yes. ooh, she's going to give the game away. When it's like, yeah, literally no one ever has gone off to college and started smoking. Never. No one's Especially ever done that. Especially when your fucking twin sister did. What? I just feel like, of course she smokes. I don't know. I can't believe it. anybody thinks it's weird. I, I, the idea, I'd be like, ew, I hate that. But I wouldn't be like, why? When did you start? Multiple bring up to her, since when do you smoke? It's like, instead of like, I don't know. She's a fucking 19 year old who went to college and has a lot of stress. It's also weird that, uh, wow. Hi, Siri. Um, it's also weird to me that like the thing, the way that they phrase it's like, since when do you smoke? Instead of like, oh God, you picked up smoking now? Like, yeah, it's like, like they didn't, nobody accepts that it's a part of who she is. And that's what no. makes it weird. Also, it's so weird. She also has the audacity when she's on the beach with Johnny to light two though at the same time and then hand him one. And not even, not self-consciously at all, not even check herself and be like, oh, I'm Allison doing right, this. Right, because we, the moment that we have of them connect, because like what we're told that Johnny was really Allison's only friend, which none of Johnny's friends seem to know. Um, but that like when we see them on the bluff talking together and having a heart to heart in the first episode, she like lights up two cigarettes and hands him one. And so then when they're on the beach later together in the second episode, she lights him two cigarettes. She lights up two cigarettes again and hands him one in an echo back to that. And then he like, we see like a little flash in his eyes. Is he catching lies? And it's just like, really the cigarettes, not like her mannerisms, her voice, her verbal tics, the way she acts, you know, her entire face and the way she moves it. None of that is leading you guys to wonder if something weird is here, but you're primed enough to believe it that you'd be like, you know, that smoking sure is suspicious. Yep. Absolutely cockamamie wild. Smoking was your sister's thing. I will say this is, to me, this is a clue. I will say, because I was like, how has she been spending so much time trying to be this other twin and then gives herself away so easily in this one moment? Is so bad at it. Is so bad at it. And that made me think, what if she's doing it on purpose? What if she wants them to believe that she's Allison as Lennon Lennon, because she's actually Lennon and they switch back at some point? Now, I have nothing to support this in this episode other than this moment where I'm like, I'm PLLing it. I'm I'm definitely like right. I'm fully looking for clues that are there that aren't there. But there's a part of me that's like, huh, seems a little on the nose. Maybe she wants them to think she's Allison as Lennon. And I think she's bad at it because I think she straight up hasn't been pretending when she's been at, in Ann Arbor. I like Fair. she went she like when they're they're dancing at the party and Mar- in the first episode of Margot's like, I can't believe it's almost like she's like friends for life. And then Lennon says the bitchy thing of like, yeah, until I go to college tomorrow. It's like, did you just tell your friend you're going to stop being friends when you go to college? Right. And she so she's going to college tomorrow. Like she says, like, until I leave for college tomorrow. Yeah. And so she's flying the fuck out of Dodge. So she, I would imagine, hasn't been putting on for anybody for like an entire, because like she didn't, as we know, she didn't come home for Thanksgiving. She did not come home for Christmas. She didn't come home for spring break. She has not been trying to be home at all. And then she finally comes back and it's like, oh, I'm going to do the fucking least. She does the absolute least to pretend she is her sister. And we see her when she does it, when she's like, oh, I better be Lennon now. And there are like, two pieces of dialogue where Allison decides she's going to she's going to participate in the ruse but other than that is doing nothing to sell the character to anyone around her I hear you Which I that's I am why with I you believe on the wants to be I think she I, wants to be caught she 
she yes so we she can't we have bear the guilt we have different theories as to why but there is something there to be said i think also one thing i love is that so the killer does leave the mirror message in the first episode in in the second episode the killer sends text messages from a clown emoji which i am into now of course we yeah. know that tech wise you can't save your contact into somebody else's phone as a clown but <laughs> yeah. i am here for this i love it's a it's a friender's moment it's real spooky i i'm like okay clown yeah like all this is just a joke to somebody I love to that like we the little things that we get that are supposed to mean something that mean actually absolutely nothing in this show like in this in the first episode we hear like Dylan wouldn't hurt anybody he's the nicest guy and then in the second episode we hear Riley tell us that again she's like Dylan's the softest she's he's like he's the kindest most sensitive and then she gets all flustered and realizes that she's talking about him like she has a crush on him because she does Dylan didn't fucking do this he's seriously the most gentle sensitive and then, like, at one point, fake Lennon Allison goes to see Dylan because he's not getting together with the group. And he's, like, lining out seemingly in an ornate pattern. Hundreds of hundreds salt of salt licks mounted on Guys, rebar in his backyard. And they're like, that's a little, she's like, that's a little weird. And then that's when Riley tells us it's probably just, like, an OCD thing. And there is the moment where we get Dylan's OCD introduced into the story. It's probably some OCD shit. Which we do also actually, sorry, here invoked in the first episode for reasons that I just, I'm going to need someone uh, with more knowledge than me to explain how this is or is not a function of OCD? Guilt? What? I'll take the blame. Seriously, Dylan? The police don't give a shit about your OCD guilt complex. She's right. I will say, I, I think that's a lot of salt. For somebody, it's a lot of salt. How many goddamn goats are supposed for to be For somebody around? who's not a murderer, but also <laughs> because I, I, we only saw like one goat. <laughs> there is one goat. This, licking a, this is licking a single a, goat a, farm. It's a, it's a one goat operation, and he is lining out dozens, if not a hundred fucking salt licks. Oh, and also when Allison shows up at his house, we see Clara, they call her Clara, who is, I'm pretty sure, the spooky lady who saw them yeah. putting real Lennon's body in the cave that night. Mm -hmm. So what is, but we don't know why she's there. Does she work at the farm? Is she a relative of Dylan? Is she the other Dylan goat? Also, Does, is she is starting she a, a salt lamp Etsy? We don't know. Is this is this lamb and she's a, a goat woman? Could be anything. Could be anything. We also learned that Dylan's like a hippie. Like he was raised, like there's clearly like a little like naturalist shop. That there's a she, lot of like, tie dye Allison, around. There's a lot of tie dye. There's a lot of scars hanging around. And yeah, it's like the Michael Myers Parma. scene where he's like outside and Michael Myers creeps through the laundry, you know? But it's tie dye. Yeah, except tie dye. And 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 Dylan starts talking about karma, and we're like, wait, when did he, when did nat, when did hippie shit get into this? Okay, hippie shit, nicest guy in town, and he has OCD, and all he ever says are like one syllable words in the same tone of voice the entire time, and he's giving us nothing. Dylan is giving us. No, it's like this show is like we will make Dylan a tabula rasa, so you can decide anything you want about him in this show. And it's working because we have all decided whatever we want. I think it's all true. I've decided I need him to die. I've decided I need him to die. I have a theory, but we're going to wait. So Okay, we'll wait, we'll wait on the theory. I, okay. I The thing that I think is important now is maybe to wrap up the episode with what is the most important part is that mm. this show promises it's going to deliver murder. 
So it's like, yes. okay, yes, it's based on the book. Yes, we got the opening accident. But what we get this time is, yep, the show is a slasher. And so unfortunately, yep. the second that this beautiful, the, the same episode, this great gay couple, which is, I don't know, maybe has some power dynamics that are questionable, but we're not going to yes. get into that. We never get to see them have hot shower sex because nope. the killer murders in a very like, uh, let's play a game saw kind of fashion. Yeah. Makes makes it so Johnny accidentally, like Johnny tries to save the coach from this contraption, not realizing that there's like a, yeah. the wall. Johnny thinks, Johnny thinks his coach is, Johnny thinks his, his fiance is like lifting, like bench pressing and that he can't clear the weight off of him and it's crushing his windpipe. So Johnny's trying to pull the weight off of him and doesn't realize that the barbell that the the bench press is connected to a barbell hanging above his fiance's head. Yep. And so Johnny's over the side. The weight thing drops down and crushes Coach's head like a watermelon. Rips his fucking face off. And we see it. This yep. show, this show's like, hey, we know we're a TV show, but guess what? It's Amazon. Yeah, guess what? It's Amazon, we're everybody. Do whatever the fuck we want. Dicks out. Dicks out. Girls kissing. Blood everywhere. Face crush. Yes. Decapitation. So, that's episode two. So they they make a promise. They're like, guess what? This is horror. And I have to say, normally horror that's like stretched out over multiple episodes when it's the same story, I don't think usually works for me. And it is working for me here. I'm in. I've seen. Well, and, and it's what we like because it's not just his coach either. It's dear Johnny. It's dear Johnny I know. that we lose. I, it's in such that a scene. bummer because I like Johnny so much. And I don't think we see in two exactly how he gets it, but we're about to see in three how fucking gnarly Johnny's execution is. I will, one thing add to connect back to Ots. Yes. Harper's Island. Harper's Island okay. follows a very similar. An Ots pod fan favorite, people, Harper's Island. People are constantly trying to get us to cover it. Guess what? We're never really going to do it. Are. We're no. not going to do it. You can you can unsubscribe now. But yeah. I will, <laughs> yeah. but I will right say where Harper's Island failed to keep things interesting by drawing it mm. out this mm-hmm. this series very carefully gives us information that we are that we didn't know we wanted to have and that's yeah. the difference so i think this is learning from the mistakes of slasher past and actually at pulling off a similar conceit but successfully and i think it is it, it's it's worth noting too that another thing we've been given in the first few episodes is the black truck that is stalking oh um, yeah fake Lennon that hilarious that is so hilariously obvious and somehow nobody else sees it that like it fully will show up on her property everywhere and like rip a donut through her yard and leave and it's like this is very not discreet and, and then everybody it, in Hawaii drives a black truck by the way like you know how everybody in real life drives a white truck everybody in Hawaii drives yeah. a black truck <laughs> Dale has one Dale who's like the local like whatever guy who like Dale rolls up the, the first he runs the uh the snack and stuff and yes. is kind of like the stand-in for jack black yes in this and he episode. he's the one that pulled up and they had to like distract when the body was there the first night and then also uh dylan drives a black truck yep also uh th- whoever's creeping through town if it's not one of the two of them drives a black truck everybody has yep. one here everybody has one and another thing that we're another recurring beef that we're getting is that uh fake lennon uh can't fucking drive to save her life she every drive. time she's behind the wheel of a car mailboxes are liable are to have it and at texting related accident it's like okay guys we are multiple episodes in now how many times are you gonna fake me out with a with a possible car accident well here's the thing she can't keep her eyes character. on the road she cannot she is a distracted driver look, she is a liability as somebody who spent years with 
untreated ADHD, I just want to shake her and send her to a doctor. It is absolutely you can time do something for a license to be revoked. Yes. Absolutely time for a license to be revoked. And I will nod to you at one of my favorite things about this episode, which is when um, she's not a drug taker herself, real Allison fake one in, but Riley's like, here, first pills back around the house. You're a drug addict, right? So she gives who she thinks is Lennon pills. And Allison's pretty fucked up about all this. So she just takes them. And then she starts having like hallucinatory flashbacks and like sees Lennon come into her room and they like lay on the bed together and they're having a very sweet like sister moment and i i do love how dream lennon says it's fun to be me i'm like yeah. that's a great line and there are and i think it's is it in episode two that uh it, the fight between allison and her dad and the flashback to quote last summer when like mom's gone and i think allison says like why would they start now no one's ever tried to help me except lennon Mm. And there's there's that moment where there's like an accept Lennon. And all we've got from her about her sister to this point is like contempt. Yeah. But then in that piece of dialogue, like no one's actually ever tried to help me except Lennon. Where it's like, okay, we see the threads. We see the threads here that connect that you weren't just like hating each other and feeling like obligated to each other in your lives. I, I like how they're slowly giving us Lennon Allison's relationship as we go. Totally. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in, and I'm I'm excited to see where this keeps going. Uh, I have one question. Why is this episode called It's Not Just for Dog Shit? I don't know why they decided to go Dick. with It's Not Just for Dog Shit as the title. It is what Riley's character says when she shows up to clean the goat blood off the wall in real Allison Fake Lennon's closet. The way they I don't these know episode why. titles is bonkers it feels like fake titles and then you find it, out it's going to be something weird somebody says the pilot episode ladies and gentlemen is called it's, it's thursday. thursday it's thursday it's thursday and, and then in, episode, and episode two, two it's not just for dog shit episode three will be a, a gorilla, gorilla head, head will not will do not do so uh stay tuned yeah stay stay tuned for a gorilla head will not do and i hope we figure out what it will and won't do and maybe even more so, I hope it has absolutely no connection to anything that happens whatsoever. So, come back for the gorilla head. See you soon. Yay!